This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. This is Off Leash with Eric Prince. I'm Mark Serrano, and we've got a lot to talk about. Eric, look, we just lost three service members to a drone attack. Three service members, dozens, probably three dozen service members injured. And what what we hear is in, in news reports, well, there was confusion. We had one of our own drones coming in at the same time that the enemy drone came in. Look, this is devastating that now we have U.S. soldiers on the ground in an allied country in Jordan at a U.S. base taken out, devastating, three bodies being returned home, injured soldiers. We don't know the extent of injuries. This is like a whole new chapter in what's happening in the Middle East under under this administration. Play it out for us. It's only January and it's a debacle. And I fear that 2024 is gonna be a really ugly year for America, for, for peace. I think we, we crossed another Rubicon um, in when this attack because it's the first time, by my count, since Korea that we lost U.S. forces to enemy air power, to an enemy airstrike. First time since Korea? Sure. Explain that. Vietnamese had air power in the Vietnam War, but they weren't smacking U.S. troops. It was all air-to-air. They didn't do anything air to ground. First air to ground. First air okay. to ground attack. Okay. okay. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's That's really 60 bad. 60 some years. 70. 71, actually. So the changing nature of warfare, that acceleration, and, and the fact that uh, enemies, large, small, and medium, have that kind of capability, is it, um, it, it grinds away from the assumption of hegemony that Washington assumes we have. So... We don't even know if this was, uh, you know, a, a, a just terror group, an ally group, Iranian directed, obviously. It was or Iran. It was absolutely directed by Iran through their proxy in Iraq. Iran has since 2004. Well, really, since the U.S. rolled into Iraq in 2003, the Iranians have been actively putting their hooks into Iranian society creating an entirely parallel universe of their forces that they control. In this case, uh, the umbrella is kind of called the Hashtashabi, uh, the Popular Mobilization Units. They especially came online uh, when ISIS was there, but there was very pro-Iranian controlled militias before that. And these are paid by the Iraqi government, armed with American equipment, led by... Iranian officers and Iranian agents inside of Iraq, and that's who fired this weapon at U.S. forces and killed them. So that decision tree absolutely unequivocally goes back to Tehran. But that's why you, you can see, I mean, our enemies are so uh, uh, ill-defined anymore. And that's exactly, right? that, but that's been exactly 
Iran's goal with all their proxies is to be able to hide their hand and say, well, it wasn't really us. Hamas attacking on October 7, mm -hmm. instigated by Iran. All the Hezbollah, the Hezbollah, the, the party of God in, um, in southern Lebanon, 100% controlled by Iran, armed by Iran. So I want to, I want to, I do want to walk through this drone strike because I really believe that this is a whole new chapter and we're going to look back. And this was the moment that we lost control in the Middle East, right? Up, up to them. Obviously, October 7th, the attack on Israel was the most significant. But in terms of drawing the U.S. more into a conflict with Iran, this was the moment. 165 attacks that the Pentagon acknowledges. Well, this one's different because it actually killed Americans. They've wounded all kinds of people, but they didn't kill anybody. What the hell were they doing for attack number one through 164 that they didn't do anything? I mean, you can't, uh, you, no boxer wins a match by, by ducking and covering and, and soaking up 165 hits and never punching back. Which makes me wonder why we've made ourselves vulnerable. So let's take a look at the map, Eric. I, I, and I want to also take a look at this drone strike and the base that we have there. What are our interests at this point? Uh, I mean, obviously Jordan's an ally, but tell me about this base. Tell me about our presence in Jordan. All these attacks that the Iranians have been pushing have all been part of the plan literally since 2003 and four is to push the United States out of Iraq and out of the Middle East. They're pushing now through this force, the Hashtashabi. Why do we have a base in, in Jordan? probably left over there from the fight against ISIS. Again, a vacuum that was left because we didn't leave any valid government in place in Iraq. It was a Shia-controlled Iranian stooge government, which caused a violent backlash. The base was right up in the northeast corner, right near the Syria-Iraq border there in the corner. Uh, those folks were literally in the middle of nowhere. The three reservists from Georgia that were killed, they have no business being there. Why? Because they're very junior, very basic. And when the army deploys to bases like that, they send a lot more people than is necessary because it's just how they organize. They, but they, even junior, junior personnel. Junior, very don't thin, have proper training really to be thin, in a base like that. Very thinly trained. Obviously, they didn't have adequate air defense. I don't believe the, the story about some other friendly drone returning and that it was a mistake. That's kind of the same nonsense argument made by the U.S. for Pearl Harbor when they thought that the incoming Japanese Air Armada was actually some B-17s flying in from the Pacific, from, from, from California. Again, that's an excuse. The, the Shahed drones that the Iranians and their surrogates have been using are small, um, uh, difficult to see on radar. They fly very low, and they'll fly in an autonomous flight path. They're, that means they're not having to be controlled from the ground. They're given a navigation or an image to fly to and crash into, and that's exactly what happened this time. And I would imagine they, they probably did the targeting with Google Earth imagery. Eric, look, you've been at dozens, maybe hundreds of bases, uh, U.S. bases like this around the world. Can you take a look at this, the image of this base, Tower 22, and sort of assess what's going on? How could we be this vulnerable to an attack where we lost service members? Because our procurement and defense bureaucracy is very, very slow, and they haven't adapted to the reality of autonomous drones that can be launched from a thousand miles away that will guide itself to a target and crash into. It's effectively uh, autonomous airstrikes that our enemies can launch. We have a very expensive, very um, inept um, Pentagon procurement 
cycle and they won't buy from the small guys that make something small and innovative and fast. Um, and clearly it failed. It failed not just three dead Americans, but 25 more that it put in the hospital from blast wounds. And, and so this is just one drone strike. Imagine if it was an all-out attack against every U.S. base, whether it's in the Pacific Rim or in the Middle East or whatever, if you have a very focused enemy that wants to, uh, wants to, to smash our capability, this can get ugly very, right, very quickly. So, Again, <laughs> we've, we've assumed air supremacy over the battle space since the Korean War. This should bust this that assumption. It. It's very dangerous. We, my, my dad told me, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> and uh, they, right. made, uh, yeah. they made that they case. Did. All right. So, so I got I to process this. Possibly a thousand mile trajectory for a single drone. What kind of weapon is that drone carrying? Well, in that case, it didn't have to go a thousand kilometers, a thousand miles. Right. It was launched by an Iranian-controlled militia inside of Iraq, okay. a country that's supposed to be our friend. The reality is, um, it's not. I mean, this goes. This is more than personal for me because 2004, the head of the Iraqi intelligence service came to me with his CIA handler, okay, a guy named Mohammed Shawani, and he said. Uh, the, we see evidence of the Iranians setting up these political offices, assassination teams, influence operation all through Iraq, through the Shia areas. 20 years ago. Yes. <laughs> and he said, we want a program to stop it. We want to find them and we want to uh, mm -hmm. annihilate these IRGC officers and leave Iraq to be Iraq. And the agency was going to fund it. It was a great program. And it was blocked by Condoleezza Rice, an academic. National Security Advisor, she said, well, no, we have to respect the political process, and Iran is not our enemy. No. If we had done that and severed the Iranians' ability to put their hooks into Iranian, Iraqi society, Iraq... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. It would be a much more peaceful, better spot today than it is. Yeah. And now, so, so now you have the entire country, which has been subjugated by a very, very tiny Shia minority uh, that is allied directly with Iraq. Because most, most Shia are not pro pro-Iran. So, but, the, the, but it went a distance over desert yes. to this isolated U.S. base. What kind of defense, what kind of air defense should we have for a base like this? There's no airstrip. <laughs> this, I don't see an airstrip around you, this you base. Need, you, uh, exactly. <laughs> you need Why? A, you How need can a that hard be? kill capability. I like air bursting rounds and lots of them because it's cheap, it's plentiful, and you could literally put up a wall of basically smart flak so it's, it's like just that. a, a ground-based, uh, thirty millimeter air bursting sort of missile bullet. defense system. You see, sometimes it looks like an R two D two. It's mm -hmm. pushing twenty millimeter slugs. Mm -hmm. 
you have to hit the actual aircraft with that slug. I have a, we, there's a better version. It's basically um, an air bursting capability, which would shower that target. Are, with, but with are you frag. assuming this base doesn't have that capability? Well, obviously it didn't work because it didn't it, shoot it, down it, the it incoming. And, and so the warhead hit, I think the Shahed 136 has about a 20 kg, uh, a 44 pound uh, explosive warhead. So boom, one shot. One shot. Unbelievable. So th this is clearly an escalation. We've been seeing this since October in Iraq and Syria. Now they're stepping it up, right? And the Iranians, uh, sorry, the Iraqi government already announced that they're uh, renegotiating for the exit of all U.S. forces from Iraq. Again, this is Iran's bidding, pushing Iraq, because, again, Tehran controls Baghdad to push any U.S. presence out of Iraq, out of the entire region. What, what and, is and, and our so, current status in Iraq? What's our presence there? Um, some bases in the Sunni areas, but then also a significant base up in Kurdistan. And uh, the Kurds have been great allies against ISIS. And, and of course, the Kurds have been smashed from all sides for a long time. And it will be a, it will cause a even greater political crisis because the Kurds do not want to be completely subjugated right. because already Baghdad has been even withholding oil payments for the oil that's being exported. But are you it's saying that our administration is having that discussion about taking U.S. bases out of Iraq? Uh, it's being dictated to the, the U.S. presence. So again, this collapse of credibility, this collapse of deterrence, this maniacal focus on proportionality. It's like uh, imagine Mike Tyson saying, "Well, you hit me with a left with a with a with left jab. I'm only going to hit you with a right cross." It, it, it's okay. It's that, crazy. That okay? I got an amazing quote about that. So. This is from a former Clinton administration official. Quote, I'm sure that this is, this is about the U.S. response. This is about how will Joe Biden respond to this attack on a U.S. base that took out American lives? Quote, I'm sure they're looking for some kind of Goldilocks response here, meaning not too hard, that it provides a full-fledged war, not too soft, that it just prolongs the conflict, but something that seems just right. Is this the calculation that actually takes place in our military? Uh, unfortunately, in today's military leadership, exactly. But uh, when I was trained in explosives in SEAL Team, when in doubt, overload. They seem to have lost the plot on that. Yeah. I mean, P, for, it, it, P for plenty. Uh, American lives have been taken. It's, it's on, on a, 160, a US base. They acknowledge 165 attacks in the last few months. And... And these guys are just going in circles. They're, they're not to be taken seriously, clearly. And our enemies smell it. And thus they're pushing back and pushing, us, pushing the U.S. out of the Middle East. Whether the U.S. stays or goes in Iraq, that should be the United States decision, not the Iranian decision. So here, here I'm thinking, you know, there's nothing that could uh, shake my confidence. <laughs> there, there's nothing where I could lose even more confidence in this administration's ability to manage a crisis overseas. And yet this happens. And the doddering, uh, you know, brain mush president that we have is sitting there saying, well, there will be a response and it will be on our timetable and so forth. I have no confidence that we're going to have a definitive response to this, to these deaths and this attack. We lost three soldiers to a drone attack. We lost two SEALs off of Yemen to um, uh, shipboarding in the most difficult. I mean, of all the things SEAL teams do, Boarding a ship at night in eight-foot seas is hard, difficult, and dangerous. 
And so we, it's not just three that we've lost. We've lost just five three. just in the last couple of months. Okay. Well, and, and those seals were lost just a couple of weeks ago. Tell us about that onboarding. What was going on? This then, is in the Red Sea? Uh, this is down in the, off the Gulf of Aden um, on the way in. It was, a, it was a vessel which was proven to be carrying more missile parts that the Houthis were going to use to, again, shoot at American interests and to, and to block shipping. So it's, um, uh, it's a cascading nightmare. One guy was going up the ladder, eight-foot seas. He got knocked off. The LPO, the, 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 the next most senior enlisted guy, goes in after him because you don't want to be in the water without a buddy. Mm-hmm. And all that protective equipment, the, the weapons, body armor, helmet, communications, all that stuff to protect you in a gunfight, but you hit the water, mm-hmm. it's dragging you under right. quickly. And it is right. a, it's a hell of a way to go. So five Americans lost. Now the world waits for Joe Biden's response to, uh, to this attack through a proxy of Iran. The world waits and sees, and, and, are and we I'm, going to attack the- Iran directly? Are we going to hit one of the proxies? What are our options and what's likely from this administration? And this is why I've said the, the, continue, the continuum of statecraft, you have 10% dip, uh, diplomats and embassies, 10% handled by conventional or even nuclear forces on the other end, 80% is the intelligence world. All of this kind of pushback should be handled in the covert action realm to really cause pain to the Iranians without an obvious direct American footprint with big, you know, stars and stripes rondelles on the, on the wings of the aircraft. There's lots of ways to cause real pain to the mullahs, but if we have an agency that doesn't do it. And I find it great irony that today, the Director of Central Intelligence publishes in Foreign Affairs this multi-page thesis of how great the CIA is and how, how diverse they are and their focus on the environment and all the rest. And I'm thinking, what the hell are you writing that for now? Do they smell something really bad coming that they're trying to get in front of? It's, it's bizarre. So what are our options for a response to this attack on a U.S. base? What could they be considering? Certainly to annihilate any of the proxy locations in any of the countries. That is Iraq, in, in Iraq, in Syria, in um, um, Yemen. In Yemen. And there is a lot of covert action to be done inside of Iran. You've had for, for almost the last year and a half, the women life freedom protests, women genuinely protesting, risking their lives, and in some cases giving their lives to protest. They, they, just, they just want more freedom. They don't want to have- They're just taking their headscarves off. They want yeah. to listen to rock and roll music, right. wear a skirt if they want to, and go to school and, and have, have a, a, job. a modicum of the rights that women in the West take for granted. Right. And they are beaten to death and, and savage for that. There's a lot of things that we can do to threaten the mullah's grasp inside of Tehran, inside of the country. And that's exactly what the United States should be Okay, doing. so those are the options. What do you anticipate will be the response from this president? We're going to bomb some empty buildings and pre-announce a lot of those targets so that it doesn't escalate. But haven't we already been doing that in response yeah. to these attacks since and, and, October? And it hasn't worked. So it'll be more of the same. It'll be more of the same launching a $2 million weapon, uh, a cruise missile or whatever from some long-range standoff thing, and it'll smack a building and it will be meaningless. It'll be about as meaningless as the Clinton airstrikes in Sudan uh, after the Al-Qaeda attacks that came from Sudan in the late 90s. So <laughs> we, we need better targeters that will 
say this is this is what identify what the schwerpunkt the 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 center of gravity the the point that will hurt the enemy the most that's what you strike first severely suddenly and without advance notice thanks eric thanks for joining us here on off leash with eric prince uh there are amazing things going on in the world don't forget to catch us here offleash.com catch us on youtube catch us across uh podcast platforms for all the latest information and news we're getting it from the best source possible. Catch you next segment.